All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What's happening? It's me, Mark Marin. I'm, uh, I'm still out there. I'm still out here. I'm in a hotel room. It's a beauty, though. I love this place. The Hewing Hotel, is that what it is in Minneapolis? Is that where I always stay? At the Hewing? It's really a... I don't know, man. There's something that I'm noticing about hotels, especially because I'm, I'm staying at relatively nice ones, that if you stay at a really nice hotel and you're a road person or you spend a lot of time on the road, it's, it's fucking beautiful. You're like, you get in the room, you're like, oh, man, this is great. I don't mind being here at all. Madison, Wisconsin, what was that? That was the Barrymore Theater. Great time. This is who I am. It's what I do. It's what I've always done. And right now, I seem to be full-minded into it with no resistance and complete control and uh, total comfort. And and the shows have been all in, all in for like two hours. I love not having an opener. It's fucking joy to just go out there, settle people down, get them, you know, focused and and just do like a whole show because it's starting to unfold as a full arced show just emotionally. There's a lot of up and down to it. So Madison was great. Then I drove on into Milwaukee and and I've talked about this I think the last time I was there years ago. That's a great city. The audiences that come out to see me in the Midwest really are great audiences. They're good people. Like, people that come out to see me in the Midwest are, are some of the nicest, smartest. They're, they know how to be an audience, and they, they, they appreciate and understand performance every fucking night. Madison was amazing, and uh, Milwaukee, what I was going to say is that cities seems to have come along. I don't know going back to these cities after COVID, the ones that were sort of kind of building themselves up before the, la- the last time I was here, I didn't know if they would be leveled by COVID, but Milwaukee actually seems like it's starting to happen even more. There's something about these old kind of uh, industrial cities. And then I went to, uh, where'd I go? Back to Chicago. Uh, Kit was there, met me there. She has family there. So, and I and also my my mother's oldest friend and her husband and their son, uh, uh, sons all live there. So I, it was kind of, uh, I was able to hook up with Kit, drove in from Milwaukee, and um, yeah, I did the Chicago thing. I did. I went to Lou Malnati's. It's the old standby. And here's the thing: I know people have their favorite restaurants in these places. I go, whatever. That's where I go. People are like you ought to try other places. Why? I like the people there. I get treated well there, and I know what I'm going to get. You can be loyal to whatever you want. You can have your choice. I've tried a couple other places years ago. I've been to Chicago a lot, but I got to be honest with you. I go to Lou Malnati's because I know what I'm going to get and I like it. Lou Malnati's salad and that fucking butter crust. That first bite of Lou Malnati's deep dish. What do even you think? It, some people don't even think it's pizza. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what it is. I only get it there and it's the only place it exists in my mind. But that butter crust pizza on that deep dish with that first one, the little hint of yeast to it almost, it's fucking amazing. So I did that. I did it. I did the Lou's. And it was great. I, I didn't eat. I, I couldn't eat again for the rest of the day. But that's all right. But the show in Chicago at the Vic, which is a place I recorded a special and a place also that I've played many times, was better than it's ever been. I don't know how to explain it. 
you know, whatever I've worked my whole life to do, I'm doing and I'm fucking good at it. And I, and I don't even like saying that. That's the other thing that, that's sort of freaking me out is I'm not a person that's going to continue to be sort of like cranky or angry or hard on myself because I think that it makes me funnier or that I, I don't believe that being unhappy or being miserable is somehow uh, where I need to be in order to do the work I do. Usually it's just the way I am. But I realized something the other day in one of my meditative card rides and after talking to some fans is that if I'm really happy and I feel good about myself, I'm intolerable. Okay, it's like the the way I talk, it's just sort of like, yeah, I am pretty amazing. I know it's great that I'm so good. And that, like, just like, the, it's not exactly that. But it, it was just, when I hear myself being happy about who I am and my place in the world and my work, I would not want to be talking to me. You, it, it's just contemptible. I'd rather people say that guy's difficult, that guy's an asshole, uh, or like, you know, very intense, you know, uh, I keep my distance, except for the people that really know me. Uh, and they're just sort of like, yeah, he's, you know, some, he's up and down. But he, but I've been pretty level for a long time. But when I hear myself really sort of be satisfied or content or experience joy, I would, I'd want to punch that guy in the face if that guy was me. <laughs> but I guess that just brings us around, back around to this, self-flagellation thing but it, like, like the tone of it maybe i'm just uncomfortable with it but if i'm not mistaken it would be unbearable for somebody to to listen to and i know a lot of people who who know me and who who you, you know are rooting for me or whatever are uh you know they're like we just want you to be happy i'm like do you though because it's not it's 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 hard to hand it's hard to listen to me satisfied happy or, or okay with myself. It's really, um, or just totally open-hearted. It's it's really difficult uh, to put up with. But th- th- I might just be speaking for me. I don't know. I'm you know uh, more will be revealed as they say in the recovery racket. Today on the show, I talked to Tony Hawk, the skateboarder. He's probably the the most famous skateboarder in the world. Even if you don't know anything about skateboarding, you know who Tony Hawk is because he's been everywhere for like 30 years. The X Games, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater video games, Jackass, his company Birdhouse, all of it. And he's the subject of this new documentary, Tony Hawk, Until the Wheels Fall Off, which you can watch on HBO Max. I I don't know anything about skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know I didn't know I I I lived through it. I, you know, it happened in my lifetime. We knew that Tony was available like months and months ago, but I'm like, I don't know anything about that shit. My brother was kind of into skateboarding. It's so not my life. It's so not my world. I'm not the guy that, look, if I'm going to take risks that, that are life-threatening, it's going to be emotional. It's not going to be physical. I don't want to break. And like, you know, if something gets too intense, you know, or out of my con- out of control, like if it's on wheels or on skis, like generally I'll, I'll, I'll sort of like check out and just wait till I hit the, the wall. So, and I, and I do that emotionally, it's, it's not as dangerous. But when you sort of like just relax into not being able to control skis or a skateboard or a parachute or, uh, uh, you, you, know, uh, you know, climbing a rock with your fingers and no rope and you just give up, then, you know, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Like I, I've talked about it before, but I, I think that if I was hanging off a cliff and it was a life or death situation, there was nowhere, to, nowhere to, no one there to help me, 
you know, the idea that like, you know, would I sort of like find that amazing inner strength and physical ability to pull myself back up on top and survive? I think I would, I would sort of be like, eh, I don't know. And, and I would just slowly, you know, kind of like let it happen. Just let go. <laughs> so, so I stay away from those challenges the ones that require wheels or ropes or skis or, or you know, any size wheel. But so I didn't know that I didn't think that I could really have anything to talk to him about to Tony. But then I watched a doc and I realized like there's something about his compulsive nature that I identify with. There's something I identify with him as a, as a person. There's an intensity there. So I was like, fuck it. Yeah, let's, uh, Let's give it a try. Let's 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 have a conversation. And it was uh, it was it was pretty great. And you'll hear that in just a second. But oh my god! So these shows. So I got a show tonight. I'm recording this a couple of days early. I got a shower. Shit! I gotta drink some coffee. I got I gotta be over at the Pantages, Minneapolis tonight. Been here many times. It's just also weird to realize how many times I've been to these places. It's it's. I don't think time is flying by, but it's happening, people. It's getting away from us on so many levels. And I talked to, I'm going to talk to Tony about this, about, I, I think, you know, just about the nature of aging and, and continuing to, to sort of throw yourself down the ramp, man, on wheels. The documentary Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off is now available on HBO Max. And this is me back at home in the garage studio talking to uh, Tony Hawk. I'm watching the latest Jackass movie. Let's go, I, let's go backwards from that. How? Because I didn't realize until I was talking to my producer today that those guys—it's all intrinsically connected to skateboarding. Oh, absolutely. And and punk rock to a degree, but mostly skateboarding. It just seems yeah. like the log, the logical extension of skateboard culture. If you give if you get rid of the board, is just uh, it's just destroying yourself. <laughs> um. But yeah. But for the sake of humor. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But like, but there, there, there's a point with some of that stuff where it's like, I'm not sure that bull bit was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it didn't even seem necessary. I mean, Steve O was sort of like, why are we doing this? And, and I remember him telling me when they when they first started filming. And he said, Who, the only, Knoxville? Uh, Steve O. Oh, Steve, yeah. Yeah. And he said, uh, the only rule I had was no more concussions. And the very first uh, thing, he got, thing they shot. He got concussed. He got concussed, yeah. <laughs> but like that bull, but how did you get tied in with those? What is the, the back history of like that crew and skateboarding? Uh, so that crew essentially started with Big Brother magazine, right. which was a, a really edgy skateboard magazine. Yeah. And edgy to the point of a fault because no one wanted to advertise with them because they were just dissing everyone. Oh, like, oh, so they were, oh, okay. So it was just total like, fuck you. Everything, yeah, yeah. okay, um, including companies that were paying them for ads, <laughs> right? But they started doing videos, and yeah. their videos were filled with hijinks, and that's where Knoxville came in. Um, but he wasn't a skateboarder, not a skateboarder. But he 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 had some mutual friends, and he offered to do some of their video stuff, and he would do anything. So yeah, they loved him. <laughs> He's that guy. I yeah. dare you. <laughs> so he famously, I think, probably the the spark to that was he did the. Um, self-defense uh testing where he was 
yeah. you know, he did this mace in his face, and then and then he eventually he did the bulletproof vest. And when he shot himself with a bulletproof vest, it right. was like, these guys are the craziest. They'll do anything. We so, need to make this a thing. Yeah. And then at the same time, Bam was doing his skate videos in Pennsylvania with a lot of hijinks. Now, too. how does he rank as a skater? Oh, uh, he was super good in his yeah. heyday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 weird because skating is so subjective, and Bam didn't really compete. Okay. So all of his stuff was on video, but he was great. Yeah. No competing though. No, and that, that's that that's true for a lot of skaters. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's only a core group of you nuts that <laughs> did the competition. Well, in my era, it was it was necessary. Yeah. Because that was the only way to get any sort of recognition or or really to, to get any sort of gathering. Right. Because sure. it was such a small scene. Now, social media, right. YouTube. Right. You don't have to. It, it, it's weird. There is a shift where none of that stuff, the established methods of recognition yep. you know, through either corporate sponsorship or awards, don't matter anymore. Right. Because you can kind of just make your own world. Right. But at the same time, there is a, a hardcore group of competitors that are super technical and very consistent and that's what they do right they go compete they win big money they're in the olympics and and all that's so, that's right so the olympics it all exists a, a yeah big, yeah the olympics are a big deal still uh well the the that was the first time skateboarding was in the olympics when was, was it last, last year? year yeah and did you uh what was your sense of pride around that i thought it was cool i um i wasn't a big fan of the format especially with the street event but yeah. uh why uh, because the way they do it, it's not it's not like a routine. It's more you get five chances at one trick. Yeah, and so it was a lot of just bailing, and and the general public did not understand that concept. Hardcore skaters understand it, but right, that you could just keep going until you get it. Yeah, but yet people don't necessarily want to watch that. No, I mean imagine <laughs> some other sport where you watch an ice skater <laughs> trying to okay. do it. Try again. Yeah, try again. You yeah. quadruple. Yep. Oh, nope. Well, we're gonna so try you, that one. Run it back. I wonder why they did that with skateboarding. Um, that was the format they had come up with with the street that was yeah. working pretty well, and uh, they just carried it over. But but with the park event, which was more of the bowl and the pool, yeah. And yeah. That was like you have you have a forty five second routine or a fifty second yeah. routine. Yeah. And if you fall, you're penalized, but. Right, because it seemed like that I, was more traditional. It, it seems that, uh, like in terms of format, in some ways, it's most like gymnastics. Yes, kind, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that, you know, there are moves and there are things that they can judge you on right. your technique or yeah. what you bring to it or how you stylize a trick that everybody else, you know, that anyone can do. Right. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's just less compulsory. It's not like there are certain sets of tricks that have to be none. So, okay, so the filmmaking, like, so going back with Bam and those guys, who were the filmmakers that came out of that thing, out of, uh, you know, the skating thing? Well, so so Bam was yeah. doing these these sort the of videos, comedic yeah. videos. Yeah. Not not a lot of hijinks, some hijinks, but mm. but also some just sort of scripted stuff. He was really, you know, he, yeah. he was a creative force. And so uh, it was Spike. Yeah. Spike, Spike Jones, Jones. Yeah, yeah. brought the two together because he was involved with Big Brother magazine and the videos. He saw what Bam was doing and he packaged it and brought it to MTV. Okay. That's how that all And I think together. that's how Spike started, period. That's wasn't he a was he a still photographer? Was he, he was a, a still photographer. He he was actually for Big a, Brother? Uh before Big Brother, he's he um he took photos for a kind of underground skate magazine called Homeboy. Oh, okay, yeah. And he, but he was big into BMX, right? So he was actually a BMX photographer and BMX rider, right? And so those worlds were somewhat connected, and then became this obvious, very uh, 
successful photographer through that. Okay. Um, and then started doing all this other stuff through, uh, he started, um, helped start girl skateboards. Yeah. Lakai shoes. Yeah. So all of their videos had the spike magic to them. Oh, okay. Where they were doing CGI. They got, yeah. they got Owen Wilson doing cameos, yeah, yeah, Jack yeah. Black. And yeah, it, was, yeah. it was like, wait a second, what is going on here? But so there's always been this network of people that are, are, you know, established in different fields that, that came through, you know, skateboarding. I think so. I that think came through you guys. It became through whatever the generation was before you. Because, like, look, I, I'm not uh, that kind of risk taker. You know, uh, I'll take emotional risks <laughs> and do comedy, but I can't do. I'm not uh, the skateboard guy. But I watched a documentary, and I was like, you know, because I remember you came up as a potential guest, and I'm like, I don't know anything about that. But when you watch the doc, it's not. Ne- it's not really about that. Somehow, it's about you. <laughs> um. Yeah, but also, I think. I think that. I hope that the message of what skateboarding is comes through in that. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's this, the history's there. The history's there, but it's also, it's this individual pursuit, but there's a community around it. Yeah. And it's all DIY. Right. All of it. From right. The, from the get go, you know, just in terms of figuring out tricks, building places to skate. Well, yeah. Just making that videos. That the, this sort of, uh, uh, almost vandalizing first uh, the vandalizing nature of it originally to get you know jump over walls and skate in empty pools yeah was uh you know that was diy and also punk rock it all kind of yep. like matched up yeah but in terms of i think the reason why i found it interesting is is that you know i held you i'm 53 you're 53 mm-hmm. okay i'm 58 and you know i don't always know why i continue doing things yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, like I go out and I do it. I do the stand up. I keep, I keep pushing, and I, I don't know what, but like you do as well. I, again, yours is much more dangerous. But do you? So, as I found out uh, very recently. Yeah, what'd you do? I broke my femur. Wow. Uh, seven weeks ago. So exactly seven weeks ago. That's the top bone. That, yeah. If, no I, if I was gonna do it, I went big. Yeah. Um, it How'd was, you do uh, that? I just doing a trick that I do. Quite often, for kinda, for anybody or just for yourself, were you alone um, when this happened? No, I was skating with friends, but yeah. um, we were challenging ourselves to sort of do it in a different way. And and when I went, it, the, the trick is the McTwist. You saw the documentary, yeah. so you might under, to understand it's like a it's like a five forty spin. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have enough speed going it's not into the, it. The one that you're you're pursuing the entire documentary. No, no, like, no, no. That's no, a nine hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is something you've done a million times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'd like to think that I put in my 10,000 hours in, but, yeah. uh, but I would, didn't have enough speed going into it, which I knew and, and accepted. And in my younger days, yeah. that was never a problem. I could just ball up and spin faster and make it work. And right. before I knew it, I, I didn't, I didn't compensate like that. Like I used to. Yeah. And I, my board was on the wall before I was ready for it. Yeah. Um, and suddenly I found myself trying to sort of fix it. And next thing I know, I'm sliding across the bottom with my leg literally dragging behind me. Um, I mean, I knew it right away and it was, it was, that it was, it was really that, shocking, that you, but it was broken. Yeah. Uh, so how many times you broke the leg? Uh, that's it. That's, first that's time. the first yeah. time. Yeah. Now, what do you attribute this, the issue you had? I mean, like I, it's the way you talk about it. It seems like, like when you're in the trick or when you're in the moment that it's almost like slow motion where you have time to adjust and yeah. you're that conscious of it. Uh, that- I think what I attribute is, is that I, I anticipated that I could fix it like I could in my younger days. Yeah. And I don't usually, I don't mess with that trick. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everything's got to be sort of on point as I yeah. go into it. Because I do know that it, it can't be dangerous. Right. And so every other time that I've been doing that trick, I'd say in the last four years, yeah. I know that I got plenty of speed. I got the right takeoff. I got the grab. Everything, all systems go. And in this instance, I just was like, I still got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't. And I paid the price. And so, I, I do feel like there's there's a big lesson for me in it. And especially that was one of the themes of the doc is yeah. like, how how far can you guys take this um, at your age? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I, I can't I can't just think McTwists are going to happen. That they're going to happen if everything's not perfect. Yeah, perfect. Well, I think when you were a kid, I mean, I thought it was all you know pretty interesting. I mean, I don't know how much you you dig around in yourself emotionally to figure out why you do things, but not much. <laughs> 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 but you know it's an option. Yes, yeah. And and I, I think that I understand it better now than I used to. Mm. Um, and especially for me, the more eye-opening thing about that was hearing my peers and also my mentor, Stacy talk about it with such great concern. Um, and I guess I never, I never wanted to hear that. So I blocked it out. Yeah. And, but, but you heard it it's that It's loud time. and clear, yeah. And how does that... Uh, and the message is, you know... He's got this compulsive problem where he's just going to keep killing himself. Yeah, and and I I don't like I I don't have a death wish, but no. I do I do feel like I kind of feel like at this point I was flying too close to the sun. Like I with the femur. Yeah, before that, I mean, in the last in the last year or so, I've been kind of progressing my my tricks. Like I've actually been learning a lot of stuff. Yeah, and without concern of of what the the consequences of that could be. Yeah, and then. I paid the price, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I was more that I had this sort of blind faith that everything was fine and I'm just going to keep going upward with my trajectory of trying to figure out new maneuvers and new techniques. And then at some point, I, I and, and ironically, I literally broke my leg the day the trailer dropped for the documentary. <laughs> you know? And you're like, wait, we can add something. Let's go back to the yeah. edit. <laughs> Yeah. This I, is the end. I found the ending. I hope not. I hope it's no. not the end. No, I, it doesn't seem like it. You seem to be getting around all right. It's a nice cane with the bird skull oh. on top. <laughs> I found that on Etsy. You did? Yeah. It's pretty uh, menacing. <laughs> <laughs> but when you were like when you were a kid, I, I found it. I mean, your, your parents had you way late. Yes, very much so. By surprise. Yeah. And what's the age difference between you and the next sibling? Uh, my brother is 13 years older than me. Right. So that and everyone's still around, right? Everyone's still, not my parents, but, right. but my yeah. siblings, yeah. Yeah. So you were just this like, you know, single kid in the, in, in the, in the sort of like- Being raised by grandparents. By grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part. And did you find, I mean, emotionally in that situation, you were sort of on your own, right? I was, yeah. I, um, and, but, but it wasn't like my parents were neglectful and they were very supportive. And, right. And my dad was, he was driving me to- baseball and, and basketball sure, yeah, yeah, and yeah. eventually to the skate park. So he was supportive. I think he was just thankful that I found something to focus my energy on because I was so, I would have been diagnosed as hyperactive or ADD or something like that. Right. Um, and I was so just always moving and always wanted to go. And so it was always like he was just exhausted. Both of them. And they're old. Both of them. Yeah. But my mom was working for the most part during yeah. the day. So my dad was the one who was sort Dealing of- Dealing like, with the uh, the yeah, manic kid? Yes. Yeah. And like, but like, did it ever get to be problematic? Because like the one thing that interested me like when is that the kind of 
pressure you put on yourself. I mean, because that's not necessarily ADHD or ADD. No, no, no. I, I mean, and I, I want to be careful in, in you know, saying I'll be diagnosed with something like that. But no, but I mean, it's probably true. I, I mean, you're not saying that you would have been. But, but you know, in my day, it was 70, so everyone said, oh, he's hyperactive. But then they say you're also like a, a too smart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But so, I, don't, I don't know if that played into my my approach to skating. I, I think my approach to skating was I want to figure out how to do this and I want to do it at all costs. And and I'll take the time. But were you good at other sports? And the hits. I was okay. I was just small. So I wasn't it wasn't that I wasn't good. I just yeah. I just didn't have the the size to to make a big difference. But you knew you wanted to be athletic. You weren't you didn't go another way. It wasn't you weren't going to be the yeah. the guitar player or the uh, you know or whatever. No. Well, I I did play violin. Yeah. Uh a lot in, yeah. until I got serious about skating. Yeah. How were you on the violin? I was I, I was actually pretty good. My my teacher would have me play these sort of extracurricular events on the weekends and yeah. that's when it came to a head because he wanted me to play at this event and I said I, I have to fly to Jacksonville <laughs> to go to this competition yeah and he said well you can't have both oh it would have been amazing if you kept both yeah if I do I, yeah a violin virtuoso and a skateboard been, virtuoso I do, I do miss it I miss being out and I tried to pick it up again and you did yeah it didn't work not there <laughs> so you tried baseball you tried what yeah, else basketball basketball yeah now, at that time, like, I don't, like, again, like, because I, I don't know uh, uh, skateboarding, but it was, there were, there was a group, there were people doing it. Sure. A certain yeah. way. Yeah. And that no one really knew about. It was just a strange little crew, right? Uh, yeah. Well, it was, when I got into it, it was the end of the 70s era. How old are you? I mean, how old were you? About 10. Okay. And the so, '70s era would have been who? Like uh, the Dogtown and Z Boys. Right, so that's where Stacey Tony came Alba, out. Stacy Peralta, yeah, um, Jay Adams, and and what was their notoriety? How did you know about them? Because they were the they were the pool skaters. They're the ones who pioneered the whole pool movement. So that was Thrasher magazine. In that day, it was actually Skateboarding magazine. It okay. just started. Right, because I remember my brother was kind of into it, and he had he, he didn't have a big board. He had like a bonsai board. Was that a thing? Yeah, yep. yeah, I remember those. But he never really got that far into it. Um, I, I think that it was because my brother was a surfer, so I knew of it through my brother Yeah, and he, he skated like he had And where were you growing up? Where was in it? In San Diego. Okay. So that, that, that would be where it would happen. Uh, yeah. And then, and then I got a skateboard. I started riding around my neighborhood as transportation. Um, eventually got to go to the skate park, the what? local skate park. Yeah. When, uh, were you grabbing onto cars with the board? No, I wasn't. I wasn't that confident. No, and I mean the the boards were so sketchy. They were so, like the trucks were so small. You're going to get speed wobbles. Oh yeah, right, no right. matter what. Right. Well, now they weren't doing shows or anything, right? No, but but the skate park in our town was called Oasis. Yeah, it was it was fairly prominent. So was it new? Um, it had been around for a year or two when by the time I got there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they would have events. So a lot of the pros would come to the events. Yeah. And then I got to see all those guys. Yeah. Which was blew my mind. And were the videos happening yet? No. It was just no it videos. was just live. You get because yeah. I guess I'm, I'm trying to kind of get a sense of what it because like not unlike punk rock or even like certain elements of stand up comedy which I'm doing. There's guys that only the people who love it know, and it's not a huge bunch of people, right? Right. I mean, it, it had to it be, was very small. And and what little did I know when I got into it and really dove into it, it yeah. was shrinking exponentially during that time. Oh, so there was like this weird expansion when it first got recognition when they yeah. built the first wave of skate parks. Yes. And then as and then, I got into it, 
all those parks were closing up. They were too yeah. many kids breaking things, just breaking liability. Their arms. Yeah. Well, liability and and it just fell out of style. Oh, liability! So the parks would yeah, couldn't afford up, it. They yeah. get oh the insurance. Yep. No shit. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I don't remember that being talked about the doc, but that's like that would make complete sense. How many lawsuits can you absorb? I mean, once <laughs> yeah. once the first kids' parents sue the park, it's over. Uh, probably Kinda. yeah. But also, it was it was falling out of style too. It was. It was very much considered a trend in the way that frisbees or yo-yos were. Really, even yeah. with those guys flying out of pools like that? Yeah, because it was just like, oh, here's your toy. It's a skateboard. And then once you're, I mean, I remember when I was in, when I got to junior high. Yeah, people were like, you still skate? Right. Like, didn't you grow out of that? Yeah, but 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 the, I guess the thing is, is that. Is that those people didn't know the extent to pitch which people were really skating, but because it, it would seem to me that if guys are flying out of pools and doing flips, there's going to be a lot of kids who are going to be like, "What the fuck?" I. That's funny you say that because that's what I always thought when I was a kid. Yeah. And all through the years, especially the sort of dead years, I didn't understand why it wasn't more popular. I was like, "These guys are they're evil Knievel. Yeah. <laughs> they're flipping around in the air like this is incredible and. Why? Where, why does anyone care? Where, yeah, well, why didn't they? I can't answer that. I, well, I, I mean, at what, some point, at some point, I think skating fell out of style, it fell out of fashion, and went through its cycle of popularity. And in that low point was a revolution of techniques and moves. And that's when people started literally started to fly out of pools. And okay, things. so so like during the dead time, so, the, so the hardcore, like 81, 8, 1980 to like eighty three, eighty four is when all this stuff was happening. And this was in the valley. I mean, this was not in the peak. This was during the time. Yes. So so what happened was, you know, everyone was skating. Some kids took to it. Some kids didn't. Some kids were better than others. But the people that were, you know, where it was a calling, like yourself and what was ever left of the old crew and some of the guys you started with, was that uh, during that time where no one seemed to give a shit, you took it to another level yep. personally. And then all of a sudden when people came back, there were this there were these handful of guys that were doing insane shit. Yeah, and the, and the equipment had changed. The styles had changed. How did that evolve? Who, who started fixing the trucks and the boards? It, we just, it was just more um, out of functionality. It well, because like, like, when, when I did podcasting, there was no podcasting. Right. Not much, right? Right. So when you did boards, were you guys meeting with guys who were making boards? Um, we worked with, uh, well, Stacy was the one who put me on the team and, and we definitely worked with Stacy and his partner was George Powell, who was also an innovator of products. Right. So uh, Stacy's team was what, what was that called? Bones Brigade. Oh, uh, so that was, so he's kind of retired at that point. He's retired as a pro skater. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then he, he curated this team. And this is 80... Uh, he started that in, I think it was 81, 82. Okay. I got on the team... Let's see, eighty, yeah, eighty-one. So I got the, I got on eighty-one. So was there, but but this was the beginning, right? There wasn't really a bunch of teams everywhere, was there? There were f maybe three big, big. There were three companies that that were surviving. Yeah. Um, and so it was like it was Palperelta, um, GNS, uh, Santa Cruz, huh. and Vision. Those were sort of the big. And they had four. teams. They had teams, yeah. And so, in terms of technology, you guys would kind of. Uh, we, we were just sort of, as tricks would evolve, it would be like, 
well, I need a longer nose <laughs> to do that, like uh, to keep my front foot on. Yeah. So then we would extend the nose and it yeah. was like, but now it looks like a shovel. So now yeah. we got to, maybe we should sort of <laughs> side cut it. And you know, it was just all like that. Yeah. And we were all over the place. Yeah. But did, did it level off board technology? Yes. It did. Yeah. And uh, all right. So when you're doing this, so when the, it's this weird time where it's not popular, but you're, did you feel the day where you're like, this is my life? that's hard to say because when I turned pro, I was 14 and all that meant was that I was competing in a different category for a hundred dollars for first place. So it wasn't like I thought I chose this career and I was young enough to know no, that not I'm, a career, but you, you, you didn't, but, but I, but I, I wanted it to be, yes. The yeah. answer is I, I wanted it to be, but I, but I knew the reality of, I can't make a living like that. Like if I'm an adult. Right. But, but were you really thinking about a living? No, no. I mean, like, cause, like, there, it seems to me that when when something is your calling, all you're presented with is the lack of choice for the rest of your life. Yeah, it, but but also the the expectations then, especially with my parents, was like, well, you're going to go to college, sure, and you're going to figure out this job, and it was like, well, all I really want to do is this, <laughs> and then it just I got lucky in that when I was reaching my last years of high school, yeah. things started to blow up. What was it about it though? Like, you know, what, like, I, I, you know, I can guess the answer, but I mean, like, outside of like a lot of documentation in the movie and of you being t hard on yourself and not giving up, uh, you know, what made it worthwhile? Was it just that? Oh, when... that, the, the, the creativity of it and, but, but and also... what it, what it provided me, yeah. like, when I would go figure out a new trick or a new technique that buzz that I've, I didn't have nothing else compared to that. And I mean, that, that was the dragon I've been chasing the whole time. Right. That feeling like when I first made a trick, it was, it was halfway up the wall. It was, you know, of a pool. Yeah. I had to reach down and grab my board on the way up and like yeah. maneuver it around. But I did this trick that had never been done. And when I did it and I landed, I was like, holy shit. You know, like I, I just wrote a song. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm 11. Right. Like, that was unreal. A hit. Yeah, well, it wasn't a hit, but I liked it. But no one else had ever enough. done it before. No one had done it, yeah. You're like yeah. an astronaut. You made it to the planet. <laughs> I did feel like that. And so then when it, start, when it started to evolve yeah. and I started to, to build on that, yeah. that was it. Like, I was I was stuck in it. And, uh, and, well, yeah, well, that's the thing, man. I mean, like, whatever you would have been diagnosed with as a kid, the only thing that's going to make you feel present and connected is that that feeling of elation when you complete something, right? Yes. Like, like yeah. that. And, and like I said, and, and probably chased it to a fault. Well, I mean, but that's what, you know, addicts do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the word that no one wanted to say, especially in the doc. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like some of those guys tried a lot of addictions. We, I, <laughs> <laughs> some of them look like they live pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's just part of the character of it. You know, if you have that thing that, you know, you have that that singularity of focus and that compulsive need to uh to perfect a thing or and then you know and then fly i mean yeah. once you learn how to fly oh that was it are you kidding are you... me like when when i when i first did an aerial out of a pool that was another moment where it was like this i'm just doing this forever <laughs> there's nothing that it compares to i'm this. laughing it, with, it, with joy for you <laughs> yeah yeah, oh, yeah you know because it, it seems to me that even at this age or however long it's going to take you to get on your feet even if you just do the the the, the simpler tricks yeah you can still kind of fly when you want oh i do I, I i'm looking forward to just getting a baseline 
of tricks and yeah. I'll be fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly will be Just, content. It's, it's, it's called, I think they call it maintenance in the recovery game, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah exactly. Just, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to go to, I just want, uh, you know, the, I just want, uh, you know, trick maintenance. There's a, there's a trick that I do that I did whenever yeah. I would first get to my ramp. Oh yeah. Super basic trick just sort of lets me feel out how my body is doing. And yeah. it's basically like I, I slide along the tail on the, on the coping. Yeah. And nowadays, like all I want to do is that. Oh yeah. I just want to do a tail slide. That's it. But, but and you can just go do it, right? No, not yet. Well, I mean, but like before this happened, you could do it. Oh yeah. You mean right yeah. now with your injury? You that's what I. Yeah. This. That's what uh, I'm driving yeah, towards. Yeah. Just. I, I, how many times are you stepping on the board right now? Uh, I mean, I, just to feel it out. I have. Yeah, <laughs> a few. And I paid the price. Actually, I was almost. I was almost done with this cane last week. Uh, I was. I was probably walking half the time without it. Yeah. And then. I stepped on my skateboard on Friday yeah. and oh, no. pushed it too far and I had to step off. The was problem, I had to step off and I stepped off on my bad leg. Oh, and you and went down? came home and my wife's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> How many times have you heard that? A, a lot in the last six weeks. <laughs> Not usually before that. She's very supportive and understanding. Um, and, and she get, she she grew up skating. She's from Detroit, punk yeah. rocker. She grew up skating too, so she gets it. The woman that you came with, yeah. Kathy, is her name. Yeah, Kathy. Um, and this is a, the fourth wife. Yes. Oh, good. Keep trying. You keep trying. No, you, we got it. it. I figured okay. it out. <laughs> good. That's good. Uh, so what struck me too about the other guys who I didn't know, and I and I, I imagine I, I don't know how many people listening to this show will will be like, how the fuck does he not know Steve Caballero or whatever his name is, his name? Yep. And these guys was that some they have they all have such distinct personalities and such specific approaches to understanding why they do what they do, but they're not unlike you in that they clearly many of them are still doing it. Oh, not yeah. to the degree that you are, but but they all look up to your uh, ability and the, the things you've contributed, but they all have a certain you know, understanding of why and how and, and what they're doing. Yeah. And they can't, none of them can stop. It, you know what's amazing to me is that that crew, Stacy put us together when we were in our early teens and- all those guys. All those guys. Who's you, the mystical guy? Uh, is Rodney his, Mullen. <laughs> that guy's something. I just had dinner with him last night. You it did? So, yeah, he's amazing. And you've known him since you were 14? Oh, since I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because we both had, we were, you know, we, we had different styles of skating. We were both very much in the same mindset. Of but it, it almost seems how like. do it. Yeah, it, it, I felt that. But it, I, there was something about him that almost, it, it almost seemed like uh, it was like some sort of. Uh, Zen practice. Oh yeah, no, he's he's like a super genius and very uh, philosophical. Yeah, I mean, and he really is like so smart to the point of you know being well, well, you both hired are. for think tanks and stuff. But I mean, oh, really? he's, yeah, he's on a different level. Yeah, like what kind of smart? What does he do for think tanks? Um, I, I think just ideas. Oh really? And yeah, at some point they were asking him to start curating exhibits for Smithsonian. I mean, he's, oh really? Yeah. So that's interesting. So he's sort of uh, some sort of uh, savant, some sort of genius yes. guy. Yeah. And you have you're highly intelligent. So now I, I've just been dealing with this with peers from my past. So when you guys, how often do you hang out? Oh, the the other skaters. Well, you and him. It's uh, we try. We I'd say it, it's it's rare. Every few months or so. Oh, really? Yeah. But they're like, but there's no distance, right? No, I mean, no. You, we jump right back in. Yeah. Right. For yeah. for what? Yeah. Forty years. Forty years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But but uh, I guess well, what I was gonna say is, yeah, is I'm sorry that whole crew of yeah. skaters, 
so many skaters have come and gone and sure. ran into ish, personal issues and and yeah all of these skaters that stacy put together are all still skating and all kind of made it through the fire which is just amazing what is there like 10 of them eight of them um there's i would say there's six core of us that were the bones brigade yeah who are all like i said still around that's still, steve christian rodney uh, lance rodney lance neil. um yeah neil doesn't skate so much but yeah. he wasn't he wasn't a bones brigade guy mike uh mike mcgill still skating Dwayne. Yeah. uh i think well Dwayne has has come against some some hardships yeah. um and some some physical yeah. issues but but i do see clips of him skating still yeah and was he one of them was he a bones brigade no he was before oh he was he so was he was the generation right before yeah because i I, I like that whole thread of tension between uh you know his perception of you and oh yeah and, and yeah. his life oh yeah it looked yeah. like he's run into some fairly heavy obstacles yeah i mean i and and i hope he I hope he can get through it well well i thought that it, that was a kind of a beautiful moment in the documentary where where it wasn't so much that he conceded, but you know, there's a, a humbling that happens with age and life, where you look at things differently and maybe correctly. And he, right. you know, he sort of was sort of like, yeah, he's all right, you know. And the, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there, but but uh, yeah. So all these guys still do it, but they all sort of look at you, uh, except for 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 rodney who who seems to understand intrinsically why you keep doing it yeah because he does he does that's the thing is is rodney still skates every single day he just doesn't do it in public because he feels like his skills are fading a bit yeah and and he's he said it to me privately like i don't want to rot in public right oh sure um, none of us do and but but i asked him last night i was like are you still skating he's like yeah i'm <laughs> I mean, I I know he's still skating, but yeah. I wanted to know if he was still skating as regularly. He's yeah. like, every he, so Rodney is like a vampire. He only sleeps during the day. Yeah. He goes out skating at midnight every night and is done at like 3 or 4 a.m. Where, where does he do it? In parking lots. Oh, really? And has run into some scary situations. Oh, really? Because he's just out downtown LA or wherever in the middle of the night. Well, he seems like he's like doing something like uh, it's almost like uh, um, like some kind of kind of, almost like a, a dance of some kind. Like he doesn't. Yes. I don't see. He's not flying off of walls. No, but no, no. Some, but but all the all it, of those it's tricks. Very, in, it's very personal. Somehow. Yeah, it's very personal. Yes. Huh. But I mean, he he really he created half of the modern skateboard tricks. He did in terms of what what kids do with their board under their feet on flat ground. Right. That's all Rodney. Oh, really? Yeah. And what and you you've created most of the aerial stuff. Um, a lot of it, yeah. But uh, but I feel like Rodney's Rodney's contributions are much more resonate much further because a kid like a kid gets a skateboard, they want to yeah. learn how to kickflip. Yeah, they don't want to learn how to McTwist. They want to learn how to kickflip. They have to do that first. The kick Rodney flip. created the kickflip. He did. Yeah. Yeah. We used to call it a magic flip. Yeah. Because we didn't understand how he did it. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, what? How did that flip? He yeah. goes, oh, you know, da, da, da. it was like, it's magic. It's did magic you figure flip. it out? Uh, well, yeah, eventually, yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now, now most of the skate community has figured it out. Yeah, but I mean, were those times like, did you all like, were you all kind of standing around going like, wait, how'd you, how'd you do that? Oh, yes. Yeah. And well, that was the that was the weird thing in those days. Freestyle was more considered dancing and just not cool. Because oh. we were skating pools, we were doing aerials, we were grinding, we were risking our lives. Yeah. And then these guys are doing pirouettes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But there was something about Rodney that when a freestyle contest would happen, everyone's just kind of 
scattered yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. wandering off right. and whatever. And they would say, next up is Rodney Mullen. Everyone would come back. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone. And everyone would stop what they're doing. Like the skate park was all the bowls and stuff. Everyone stopped skating all the bowls and they would yeah. just watch Rodney. Cause really? We knew it was something something special and something so progressive that we couldn't even grasp what it was. Huh. And all you kind of wildcats out there, you know, flying into the air, come to watch this guy that's just going to be him and his board. Yeah. Wow. But there there was also some tension between the old timers and you flying around, right? Uh, Yeah, because, well, I, I just didn't, I didn't really have the the strength or the size to do the things that they were doing the way they did them. Which was what? Um... Well, basically, when they would do aerials, they would reach down and grab their board before they got to the top yeah. and then yank it out. Yeah. And I didn't have the the bulk or the strength to do that at any sort of height that was that, that meant anything, you know, yeah. that, that was significant. So I figured out how to, how to get into the air without grabbing my board and then grab it at the peak. Yeah. And it was just out of desperation it wasn't like i was thought i was revolutionizing how to do this it was right. just more like that's the only way i can do it right and then at some point the older skaters the one of them gave an interview in the magazine they said what do you think about tony hawk he's like oh i mean he just cheats like he always into his aerials and then and then it, he can grab it however way like and and like i was thinking cheating. but i was thinking like isn't that good <laughs> <laughs> that i can grab it different ways yeah I don't understand, you know, and it, but it was crushing to you know. I mean, it wasn't like I was fighting for it. He was more the voice that people were going to hear. But that, but that's interesting because that happens in every field where you know people get dug in, you know, and they, they this is the way we do it, right? And then when new kids come, they're like, "Fuck that, we right. do it the real way." Yeah, we're hardcore. But but I, it wasn't like I was fighting against. That. No, no, I know. I just was just like, I don't. Okay, I guess they don't like it, but I don't have a choice. Well, yeah, but that's that's half the problem with the country is because <laughs> right. these old guys are still like you know holding us to this yes. course that is ridiculous, right? But I mean, it's just the nature of of. But I, how many of those old guys came around to your way? Um, I feel like most of them were just already stuck in their style. Oh, really? So yeah. like, even with, so they stuck by that line. Um, yeah, it, it, there was a gr- there was a pretty clear separation uh-huh. of, of generations. generations? Oh, yeah, okay, and okay. so the newer generation was was all about doing all and, these and they held to the line stuff. of like they still i don't they, think i don't think that they wanted to but did they defend it still no as time went no. on they no it was you... just more like yeah this is how we <laughs> yeah this is what we. so did. i learned it when i was 12 yeah, and yeah, yeah, now yeah. i'm 20 something and i'm i can't do that yeah it gets scarier even in your 20s it gets scarier well i think it's just trying to completely revamp that's, how you uh, skate but that's interesting though because it's like it, it you think of it that way because you had to understand how they did it in order to do what you did. Right. But I imagine it's mostly fear on their on at some point. Uh I t- I don't know, I can't yeah. speak for him, but No, I know. I, but yeah. I think that there are there are there are things that I see new skaters do where I think, man, if I had learned that technique right. growing up, it would be totally different and I cannot snap into that. The, like this like now? kids now yeah no yeah. kidding yeah there are things that they do where i'm like I, like that's, what um well for instance when you when they skate uh when they skate bowls and ramps and stuff yeah there's a trick called a disaster yeah which is basically on your way in you hit the bottom of your board yeah and it called a disaster because you can easily 
hang up your trucks yeah. and it's just Fall a backwards. one-way trip one-way trip to the bottom oh yeah yeah i mean that's <laughs> right. that's why they call it disaster yeah yeah and these guys do disasters in a millisecond like they're you see their board you can tell it hits but it's like they never stop moving yeah and when i did disasters as a kid and into my 20s i stopped up there yeah and pondered it and then came in yeah I, I, there's no way I can just learn how to do it quickly the way these guys have and the way that they did it from the get-go. Right. Huh. That's just one example. I'm getting into the weeds there, but I'm just, you know, that's an No, example. but I mean, but but why couldn't you just throw a switch and just do it? I think it's because I I, I also have the, the benefit of experience and, and fear of what can yeah. happen. Yeah. And these guys have been doing it and, and they have this rhythm that it, it does not concern them. Right. And I don't have that rhythm. And if I screw that up, I'm getting KO'd. Like, right. there's no question. <laughs> right. So they're, they're... I don't even mess with disasters anymore. Like, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even do them slow or well, that, fast. I well, just, that's good. Yeah. It's for, good for you. you you're yeah. able to give those up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now you guys are all making these trips in this dead zone of, like, lack of popularity. What turned it all around? Was it the videos first? Um... Yeah, I think so. You know what? A big, a big catalyst was Back to the Future. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because uh, the Michael J. Fox character, yeah, he, you know, he does that thing where he rips off the the scooter handles and rides it like a skateboard. Oh, right. Yeah, like yeah. He, he presents the future to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they had a couple of guys that were pro skaters doing stunt doubling who were doing jumps and ollies and things and, yeah. and kids saw that and that was their first introduction to modern skateboarding so they were like this is the future this is the future yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and a lot of them went out and bought the exact same board he was riding so but you guys were already doing it at that point. we were already doing it but it brought a whole new generation in and then as that was their gateway and then as they came in they saw what was what was really the board going then? on what's that what was the board oh it was a it was like a basically like a, a big store uh it was called a Valterra. Yeah. But it was the kind of thing you'd buy at Target. Okay. Not at a skate shop. Bigger than a bonsai, though. Bigger than a bonsai. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a good entry-level board, yeah. but it was just one of those ones that's like, it, it's like, oh, your very first bike was a Schwinn from- Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. Costco. So those guys were going, they were hitting the streets with those boards. Yeah. And then, and then like I said, it yeah. sort of brought them in, and then, and then they eventually got but it, it, it but it really seems like a, the kind of sport which it is now uh that you know in order to really do the cool shit i mean you've got to take some risks and i imagine a lot of kids buy the board and they do a couple of things and then they just get intimidated or bored yeah, yeah. and that, they put it away yeah so like in order to find that core group of of crazy-minded kids that are going to do that shit i mean i i would imagine that's the minority uh yes and no i think that some some people just found a comfort zone and yeah. stuck with it because yeah. they loved they loved the the culture around it. Yeah, yeah. As much as they loved the skating aspect of it. Well, it's like I like that in the, that it put in the movie. Even when, when your when your dad was like running those tournaments and stuff, that you're really competing against yourself, and everybody was relatively supportive. Yes, I yeah. mean, I, obviously, yeah. you know, you, you each had issues, but sure. like it seems like whether you admitted it or not, you would all watch each other. And, and be kind of like, whoa, you know. Oh, yeah. And also, it was, in in those early days, that was the only time we all got to be together. Yeah. Because there were there were these pockets of skate scenes through the U.S., but not many of them. So we would get to skate with the Texas dudes and the Florida crew 
and then it was all we're all finally together for a weekend so right. it was more yeah, like yeah. whoa did you see what that one dude was oh, doing yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and feeding off each other oh that's great yeah. and when your dad was involved with the tournaments did you ultimately end up very close to him um as 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 close as i as close as i could get to a, a war veteran from that was in the navy that grew up during the great depression yeah and it was also much older than and much older yeah he, he just wasn't warm and fuzzy yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. he never said i love you he doesn't yeah. you know he wasn't like but but i think in his eyes he showed it through his actions which was to set up the what what was his contribution to skateboarding, um he was really? the one who organized what became known as the national skateboard association he got all of the main companies skate companies to band together and to give money to put on an event okay so he was the one who was was the the organizer of getting that he never made any money from it right um but he did get everyone to agree on a time and a place and and funding and mm. prize money and you know putting up banners but do you think whatnot. that 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 what do you think drove that was it was it primarily the fact that you he knew that you were going to donate give your life to this no matter what and he wanted to substantiate it somehow like did he want um, to be like well I'll, I'll i'll do everything i can to make this a, a business in a way or a sport i i think it was more i don't think he saw saw it as a big picture like that I yeah think he, he saw this group of of misfit kids yeah who were good kids who had no sense of belonging anywhere else mm. and all found each other because that was that was my friends i mean my friends were they had mohawks and stuff like yeah. in, in the early 80s yeah yeah um and he saw that they were all good kids and they found this thing that that they identified with that that they they that was an extension of themselves yeah but there was a community around it and he just saw it was disorganized completely so that was that was the goal for him was just like we i need a place for all these these skaters to feel like they belong right because i i, I imagine that being a guy that that had been through what he'd been through and also sort of understanding discipline to a certain degree and what what it meant for for kids to to have a team or to have you know uh support like that because i imagine not, alongside of misfit kids you're like these kids could get into trouble oh sure yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and plenty a... did yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was really i mean you know to his credit he like i said he was he was much older generation yeah. and and he put on these events and embraced the chaos yeah 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 um you know as much as he was trying to organize it yeah it was you know it was punk blasting out the speakers and <laughs> And people like not taking their turns and going right. after time and right. and as much as he was trying to contain that, he enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's good. But there was so there was some resentment on behalf of the other competitors that you were you had the fix. Uh, he had the fix. Oh, always. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, that that was always very hard because they were down on you because your dad ran things and you were winning. And I was winning and and. Yeah, it was like, oh, you're getting more practice, or right, right. no? I show up for my time practice. You guys are all sleep. Like that was the thing. Yeah, is that it's not that you I get more driven. practice. What's that? You were driven. Yeah, I was driven, but also like I played by the rules right. that were set forth. <laughs> yeah. You guys didn't wake up in time for your practice session, and now you're trying to squeeze into the last one. It's not my fault. <laughs> you know that that yeah. was the argument, right? But they, I, in the, as old men, they've all seemed to have found uh, a lot of appreciation for your father. 
Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and uh, it seems like they're, that the bygones are bygones around, uh, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. All right, so after Back to the Future, that's when the videos happened? Um, yeah, that was around the, the same era. And then it blows up, right? Yeah, in a big way, um, especially late late 80s, like 86 to 89. Because those was, videos were like, you know, any kid could get them. And it, everyone had a VHS, yeah. and it was yeah. like you know, it was like the best thing they've ever seen in their oh, life. Oh, they're copying them, and they're... Yeah. They're taping them together, yeah. and, you know. It was it was awesome. Or stealing them from skate shops. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way to do it. And then it became this huge thing. Now, did it? Was that the the upward trajectory to to the video game and everything? No, else? no. That was uh, uh, that era ended very abruptly around 1991 with the BMX bikes. Um. No, it just it, again. It was the skate parks. The skate parks. There wow. was there was a whole new crop of skate parks bigger ramps and things um yeah but almost all of them were private and and they were built by in wood and, yeah. and skating fell out of fashion again and the There's rotting wood liability insurance was too much and and so and liability it was even more litigious then I mean, we're uh, talking about late 80s everyone's yeah. suing everyone some kid snuck into my ramp yeah. that ramp you saw in the documentary yeah. broke his elbow and then his dad sued me what i mean that was the 80s yeah you know, that was, giant thing you built? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he went without permission. It, I was in Europe. Yeah. And I, I came home to get served papers of a lawsuit. What happened with it? Uh, my my homeowner's insurance covered it, but then dropped me. Wow. So it was still your responsibility somehow. Yeah. You couldn't... Wild. Yeah. It was the 80s. It was just like... But you couldn't... The guy was trespassing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But that didn't matter. It didn't matter because I guess it's an attractive nuisance. That's what I learned. An attractive nuisance? Yeah. What does that mean? You, well, you can see it from the highway. So the kid couldn't help himself. And, yeah, like I'm drawn to it like a magnet. <laughs> I must go drop in on the 12-foot ramp. <laughs> so so it all fell apart again, and now you're what, 20? Uh, I was 23, 24. And then what happens? What do you do with your life? Um, Keep making tricks? I... Uh, well, I skated the ramps as long as I could until they finally just were destroyed. Yeah. I mean, like, and weathered, and, yeah. and I couldn't afford to resurface them, nor could I afford the property they were on. So I, uh, I refinanced my house and started a skate company with the equity that I pulled out of it. Yeah. Um, and then- That did what? Sold it. I sold the house. What did the, what did the skate company do? What uh, we we got a team together. So that's when I finally quit the Bones okay. Brigade. Went on on my own. I I got my own team together because yeah. I felt like if if one thing I had through all those years was was an eye for talent the yeah. way Stacy did. Sure. And so I put together a team that was largely considered one of the best talented teams of yeah. skateboarding. And even though the industry was super small, sales were nominal. Yeah. But that's I thought. I'm in my 20s now. I have to move away from being a pro skater, and so I'm going to move into a position like Stacy did. Right. And what 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 wife are you on at that point? What's that? Which wife are you oh, on? Oh, yeah. Point? Well, that's that's right when my first child was born. Okay. So. So you, uh, now you had responsibilities. I'm, I'm married. I have a child on the way. Yeah. And two mortgages, one that I can't afford. Yeah. And it was like, I got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. I got to make ends meet. So I sold that house and and just uh, recalibrated my expenses and my way of living and did whatever I could. Yeah, and and how, and what uh, ultimately happened? 
Um, you're doing competitions it with was these lean. guys, and you're still doing uh, competitions. Yeah, but the competitions were were few and far between, with no, very kidding. little prize money. Yeah, I think I think the the extent of what I was doing then, rollerblading was big right then. Oh, uh, early nineties, yeah. right? So that was the. But that's, that was it's the funny, fat. like with the with the bikes and with something like rollerblading, like literally anyone can do either of those things. Skateboarding, not so much. Sure, but but and so it became hugely Huge, popular, right? But but the the silver lining of that was that I was still a, a known name in skateboarding, so I got invited as a special guest to all these rollerblade events. Yeah, where it was like they had half pipes and they you know they were doing the same types of stuff we were doing, and it was like and special guest skateboarder Tony Hawk, and so I actually. I, I kind of uh, cruised along for about a year with that income. Well, I mean, I would imagine that even like that the skateboard ultimately is going to win out because people watching that, it's sort of like, well, skates are skates, but this guy's flying. Um, yeah, but they were also flying. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. you know, they were sure. starting to, and, and, and that was the craze. And okay. so, what I, are you going to do? Yeah. It, 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 hey, I was, I was just stoked to be getting paid to skate. That's all that mattered to me. Yeah. It was like, I still get to skate. So you were a special and guest and they were paying I was you. a special guest. At one point, we were doing demos in Six Flags parking lots. Yeah. Uh, three shows a day for a hundred bucks. That's nothing. But that- It was something. That paid the rent. It was something, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's a lot. Uh, that's like that's like paying your dues. So then, what changes, yeah. man? Um, X Games. Yeah, X Games came in '95. That's before the video. When's the video? Yeah, happen? well, that's, so X Games came in '95. Started hit a stride around '97, '98. But that was almost like that looked like a circus to me. Sure. Like, like like when you guys were touring that thing, it looked crazy. Oh no, you're talking about uh, you're talking about Huck Jam. That okay. was my tour. That, that was, was my arena tour. That was later. Okay. X Games was like the you know extreme so right. it was it was bmx and it was motocross and it was rollerblading and it was um right sky surfing and bungee jumping and rock climbing it was all one thing yeah and so but but luckily uh the the sort of runaway hits or the the sports that that seemed to resonate yeah. were skateboarding and bmx right so we had got a big boost from that and i was still I was still skating well, you know, making up tricks. So yeah. I, I rode that wave. Yeah. And then 97 is when I started working on a video game with Activision. Yeah. And then 99, when it was, it was a month, no, it was two months yeah. from being released. Yeah. Is when I had my big, uh, the 900 at, at the X games, which yeah. was totally spontaneous, but it was like the that's perfect when you, storm. That's when you, it happened for the yeah. first time. Yeah. So that happened. We were just a few months away from the release of the first game. Yeah. And so I had to email the the uh the studio, yeah. the, the game studio and say, "Hey you guys, I, I was at X Games and I just did this trick and I feel like it would it would be an omission if you didn't have it in the game, even though I know you're done with, you know, you have to submit games way early before yeah, release yeah, yeah. because they have to be approved by all the console <laughs> yeah, manufacturers. Right, right. So they're in beta of of sending it to the console yeah. manufacturers. And I remember the same day I got an email from the president of Neversoft and he's like, we're way ahead of you. You fucking rule. Oh, yeah. And they, so they, they put it in there. Yeah. They knew you were going to get it. They didn't know I was going to get it, but they watched it live. Okay. And so oh, I see. Okay. So, so they're like, we got by it. the next day, they're already trying to figure out how to include this new trick in the game. Wow. And they, they did to their credit. Well, I mean, I see again, like I didn't grow up gaming, but like even the, the woman I'm with who's in her thirties, she's like, I played that game. 
Everyone uh, had yeah, that game. It was wild. It was. It, it turned into a massive hit. It, it came with the console? Is that how that worked? It was first released on PlayStation. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then went out to what was in the time, N64, Dreamcast, and then- Everything. Yeah. And that was that was the life changer, the game. For, for, yes, absolutely, yeah. Because you had a piece of it. Yeah, yeah, it changed my life completely. Yeah, how so? Um, it just gave me freedom. Yeah, money. Uh, yeah, well, but money, obviously, but but also just the and and the the agency to say no, right? Where the I was three hundred dollar parking lot gigs, dude. I was yeah. I mean, I was definitely <laughs> still in that mode, and it yeah, was like, yeah. what do you need? Yeah, I'll be a consultant on that. I'll do this and sure. sure. And then and then it was suddenly like, oh, I don't need to do that, right? To make a living, sell yourself out for cheap, sure, or yeah. or just spread myself so thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's when. Uh, I mean, I knew I knew '99 was probably going to be my last year competing anyway, because at that point in my life, I'd done it 20 years, and you'd won everything, I, most of the the big events, the vert yeah. events, and like you kept winning vert events. Yeah, like, and it was just like like it was it was like Rodney, like am I going to rot in public? Am I going right. to you know? Am I going to imagine out? there was a bunch of kids who were like, God damn it, <laughs> <laughs> Tony's on. Oh, he's going to fuck. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the vert events, <laughs> yeah, but then yeah. but then. The success of the video game the following year was a huge boost, and that's when I decided to do that big arena tour. That looked crazy. That was crazy. It looked like a three-wing, yeah. you know, fucking. It was. You know, it was wild, and it was it was huge, right? Huge yeah. success. So you go from the video video game, and you make choices, and then you put together this like rock and this punk rock yeah. circus. We of, had Devo play at uh, two of our shows and of flying bikes and skates. Flying, flying, uh, BMX, motocross, yeah. and skateboarding. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, the, there were actual mo- motorcycles going through the air. Some of that stuff looked like like three evil Knievels, like all it at was. Once. It was it was really crazy. It was it was the the, the choreography. Yeah, we would, we would spend two weeks in a in a airplane hangar in Riverside. Yeah, figuring out how to time everything because it very much was like Andy said. If you if you're not in the right place at the right time, a motorcycle is going to hit you. <laughs> Right, yeah, and, and he wins. Yeah, <laughs> in that battle, <laughs> did anyone get hurt? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Surprisingly, I I did every show. I mean, we did that. We did that tour for four, five, five summers. And you're still getting the, the juice. You're still getting off on it. I mean, like you know, it was the best. That that was when I was definitely in the groove. Yeah, and like, and it was fun. It was so fun. And yeah. and that was is that what led to the uh, the the end of your first marriage? Second, second. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to, what what was it like? If it's not if it's not too personal, because it definitely isn't covered in in the the doc. It's just all of a sudden like he's got a lot of kids, and we only met this, you know. Oh yeah, well I have four of my own, and then two stepkids. Okay, um, but, but all like, all are adult age, sure, except for sure. my daughter's thirteen. But like with the, like I know in show business, and I know in in certain other jobs, like you know, relationships are hard. Is there a thread that dissolved all of them? Like, um, like was it a, a I thing think it, that you couldn't? change yeah and i just i i didn't want to face myself too and and would obviously pass blame and whatnot and yeah. also just just choices and yeah. and um at some point you know drinking and partying and and yeah. seeking sure. uh attention in unhealthy ways yeah. and, and and really just but but only because i wasn't willing to just accept who i was well, that's the same with the boarding, right? In a way, what you know, it's like, it, you, you know, it's hard to sit with yourself, but it's easier, I guess, if you're flying and you don't have to think about it. Um, yeah, and 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 at compulsive some point, behavior in general, compulsive behavior, yeah, yeah. and it's just at, one, at some point, you're riding so high, you don't think of any of of mm. the fallout, yeah, of what that you know, and 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 chasing this, 
Yeah. This dream that no one has even created yet. Yeah. Right. And then, and I have kids and I'm not really giving them my full time or if I yeah. am, I'm not really, pre- or, you know, it's yeah, just like, yeah. like at some point through those years, I was a Disneyland dad. Yeah. How bad did the booze and shit get? Um, it didn't, it wasn't, it was distracting. I never let it really affect me so much that like I couldn't perform. Well, I guess that's a, the one benefit of being addicted to skateboarding first and foremost is that you don't want to do anything. I saw, I saw up. my peers, how it affected them when they went Drugs hard. And stuff, yeah. Yeah. And it, they lost their skills. And so I was always very aware that, but, but at the same time, if we had a great show, then yeah. we're going out partying. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. and, and that was just all nonsense. Well, it was, I think you made a, uh, uh, sort of, uh, you talked about it a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't, I kind of lost the thread in the dock. Did you do some sort of treatment thing? I did. Yeah. Well, for what? Yeah. Um, just because I felt like I was, I kept making those same choices and this compulsive behavior at an age when should have this all figured out. Right. So what was the, like, what was the treatment? Um, just sort of how, how do I deal with all of the success, Mm. but be of an effective father, an effective partner. Right. Um, and it was when, when Kathy and I had first started dating and I, and I felt like I've got to figure this out. I mean, in my whole life, like everything I ever wished for or wanted is right here in front of me. Yeah. And I keep making these, these choices that I'm not proud of. Right. And I need to figure out how to hone in on that and, and do it for, and feel good about it. Yeah. Um, and so that was it. And I just needed, I needed to go somewhere with no distractions. So you got uh, some tools together I for did, yourself, yeah. some yeah. cognitive work. Yeah. 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 And, and, I mean, I leaned into it heavily. Well, you must be uh, you're, you're a disciplined guy. So you, I mean, I think that was, that was probably one of the breaking points for me or, or one of the epiphanies I had where yeah. it was just like, you can accomplish almost anything on a skateboard. Yeah accomplish this with your life that you you haven't been able to figure it out for decades and did you feel did you find yourself experiencing like a, a lot of uh whatever you were holding in the grief and all yeah that yeah stuff? yes yeah very and much it, so. and it yeah. kind of came out in bits and pieces and yes wow yeah you feel better oh yeah it was like i <laughs> it was it was like there was this this release of of baggage that i i felt it physically and it was like, oh, now I have a foundation oh, to yeah. build up something that I I want to be proud that I that I want to do that I am proud of, and that I can be way more effective. I mean, it's crazy how yeah. when you get that clarity, how much more productive you can be. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're not running from yourself, where all your energy yeah. is is not going into that innately, and yeah. you can make choices around that. I I, I guess the threat of it is. Is that once you find yourself grounded in yourself and 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 you have that weight, I, I imagine the thinking around doing things that are destructive that you needed to do in order to keep doing what you do, it's a different thinking, right? Because oh yeah, and, and, and I can't even imagine going down that path anymore. Mm. And so that's I, good because you know. I mean it, it's it's yeah you're older, <laughs> older yeah, but also I think just um I I got the tools I got yeah. the, I got the tools to figure it out and and. Um, support and and I mean and, and my wife is she's amazing yeah. she already kind of had it figured out that's she, great her her own life and and um, she believed in me and then that in itself was enough that's great and you were you able to make it right with all the kids I like to think so I no, mean they're great. all most of them are they're, they're they're all out of the house except my daughter yeah. um, but uh, three are uh, two are out of college yeah 
Um, three are still in college, and then my daughter is yeah. going into high school next year. Yeah, so. she got the she got the best version, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't like to dwell on that. But. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. I think it was b- probably hardest for my oldest son because he saw all the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, all all the shifting around. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was he was getting shifted around himself. Um, but he's doing great. He's Are you amazing. Close? What's that? You're close. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And uh, and do you, like when you say you don't like to dwell on that. Do you dwell on things? Like no. A, oh, that's good. No. There's no trick in your brain. No. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. I, I dwell on skate tricks. That's what I mean. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Still, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do you, it's kind of sad because I was working on a video project before I got hurt. Yeah, and every thought about skating yeah. goes towards that. Uh-huh. Like, am I going to be able to finish that video? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, am I going to be able to get back on my skateboard? Am I going to be able to do these basic tricks? Am yeah, I, yeah. I going to be able to do something enough to make that video Work. worthwhile? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And is it all you, or you got? It's other... all me. Yeah. Oh wow. And what, what's the angle on the video? Um. Well, you saw you saw my ramp. Yeah, you see you see there's a gap in the, the ramp. The indoor one, the indoor ramp. Yeah, 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 yeah. you see there's a gap. Oh yeah, in I it. do. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing only tricks over that gap. Right. And I, a lot didn't of you them, go through one. Didn't you hurt yourself on? You... I shot through the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You would think I know where it is by now, but yeah, there's so, one shot. So they're all. It's it. all you d- using. It's the all gap? tricks over the gap. Oh, yeah. Okay. And 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 a lot of them are ones that I haven't done before or uh-huh. tricks that I'm just learning. But but I took it over the gap. Yeah. And so now it's like. I don't. I don't feel like I have enough to warrant putting out a video. Sure. And so I don't know how long this is going to take, right? Or if I'm ever going to get back to. Well, can't you just do one of those, stuff? like you know, kind of uh, YouTube releases, or like you know, it's just, all YouTube releases. All of it. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. There's no. It's, but you can't do bits and pieces of it. Why? Because it. Uh, you know. I need something more complete. Not nothing. On, nothing in there on its own is a standout. Okay. It's all more right. of a. You know. You're moving towards something. Yes. Exactly. And where where is skateboarding as a business now and as a sport? It's in the Olympics. Is it popular again? Are you? Uh, you know, yeah. It's, um, there's there's a lot more support. There's a lot, lot more resources. Um, there and you are, help build a lot of parks too, don't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with our foundation, the skate park yeah. project, and that's working too. Still, yeah, I mean, we we've helped fund over nine hundred skate parks now, and and kids are doing it. Oh, I mean, those those facilities. If you go, if you go to a skate park it, in daylight, yeah, it's getting used. Yeah, and you, and you can't say that for every sports facility, right? <laughs> right, right, because it's like it's one of those beautiful things that a kid can just be like, I'm going to go and yeah. do, yeah. If or or you know early in the morning it's it's dads with their little kids ah. or or moms sending their 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 toddler out yeah. when, before it's crowded. Do you feel like you've given a gift to the world to a degree? And do you um, feel like you've helped? Do you, is there a part of you that appreciates the service that you did? Because it feels like you did. That's the work I'm most proud of. Mm. Yeah, is is the skate parks because that's where I found my sense of self. Yeah, was at the skate park is where I spent most of my time when I wasn't in school. Mm. I'd go out of school straight to the park until they closed every night. Mm-hmm. And I found my sense of of community and my sense of purpose there. And I felt like when I finally had a, some success and a voice that could affect change, that's the best I could do with it is to provide the same facilities for kids. Not that they have to, they're not training grounds. Yeah, It's not like we're trying to make pros. It's yeah. just more like, here's a place for everyone to gather. Right. And do and, tricks. And do this thing that, <laughs> yeah. that you're getting kicked out of public uh facilities yeah 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 you don't have to jump a wall yeah Yeah. or get get a ticket yeah well great talking to you man oh thanks for having me it was fun 
Tony Hawk, that was intense. He's intense. I enjoyed it. Uh, the documentary, Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off, is now available on HBO Max. No music today. Soon. I've got to go shoot Reservation Dogs next week, all week, in Oklahoma. I got a part. I got a part on the show. Boomer lives. Monkey and La Fonda, cat angels everywhere. All right. Talk to you later.